Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Sunday, February 11th. Happy, satisfied, staying single day. Well, Valentine week sure went sideways, didn't it? This sounds like another one of them things the world tells you that just ain't true. I mean, I ain't trying to pass judgment on anybody's particular situation, and I don't know what it was that you went through to get where it is that you got, but I do know that together is better than alone. I ain't saying it's easy, just saying it's better. I think the world tells this lie, cause like I keep saying, big healthy Christian families is what scares the beast system the most, cause we do real damage to it. We love each other while they preach hate and division. We worship God and not them, or self, or whatever, long as it ain't God. And we lob prayers like mortar shells into their strongholds. The most subversive thing we do is actively recruit people out from under the beast system like spiritual counter-espionage. So yeah, the closer we get to that paradigm, the scarier we are. No wonder the world hates us so much. If you are one of them stay single types and you repented of it, don't worry. No point crying over spilt milk, which has got to be why today is also Don't Cry Over Spilt Milk Day, and probably why it's also National Make a Friend Day too, and a good way to do that is to ask her out to dinner. But National No One Eats Alone Day was yesterday, so missed opportunity. Actually, this fifth day of Valentine week is Promise Day, when couples promise to marry and be loyal to each other. But slow your roll, player. Don't get ahead of yourself. Running your mouth about loyalty and promises of marriage on the first dinner date is a real good way to accomplish the opposite of all that stuff we was just talking about. Our reading for today is Exodus 32.1-33.23, Matthew 26.69-27.14, Psalm 33.1-11, and Proverbs 8.33-36. So if y'all are ready, you know I had this buddy who stayed single for most of his life, till one day his sister asked him if she could set him up. Now he's doing 12 years for a crime he didn't commit. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 10th, in the Old Testament, we read Exodus 30.11 through 31.18. And what we have next is what they call the ransom of souls, which was kind of like an offering paid when Moses takes a census coming up pretty soon. And each man, 20 years old and up, gives half a shekel, which is 20 geras. And the Barnes commentary says a half shekel would be worth about a shilling today. But since I don't use metric money, I got no idea how much that is. Gera is literally a bean, probably the bean of the carob or locust tree. And it was used as the name of a small weight, just like our word grain came from the grain of wheat. And rich and poor were supposed to give the same amount, because y'all are all equal before God. And this is where he mentions the brazen laver we talked about yesterday for Aaron and his sons to wash their hands and feet. But there'll be more about that later. And he gives them the recipe for the holy anointing oil and prohibits them from using it for any other purpose except anointing pretty much everything in the temple, including the priests. Because it's holy, which means set apart. So if you use it for common stuff, it ain't holy no more, which is disrespectful. And the same goes for this perfume he also tells them how to make. And then in chapter 31, I think it's possible that by this point, Moses must have been thinking, I grew up in a palace. I don't know how to do any of this stuff, which God certainly knows. So he says, see, I have called by name Bezaliel, which means in the shadow or protection of God from the tribe of Judah, who's really good with tools. 
and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, and him and his buddy Aholiab of the tribe of Dan are going to general contract this entire project. And I'm kind of a handyman. I'm pretty good at making stuff. And I got a pretty sweet workshop. And what I wouldn't give to be filled with the Spirit of God to complete a work project like this. How awesome would that be? I feel like I got a connection with Bezaliel. And then God reiterates how important it is to him that the Jews keep the Sabbath, that they take one day off from their own self-interest to be with the Lord. It's less about working than it is about worship. Of course, by the time Jesus came along, the Pharisees had turned it into a religious practice with rules about how much weight you can lift and how many letters you can write or erase before it's considered work. And I don't think that was the original intent. And notice verse 14. The Sabbath is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. And that's two different punishments. To be cut off was like to be an outlaw. But it didn't mean to be executed. That was for defilement. When Jesus came along, the situation changed a little, and it was more about being cut off from the Holy Spirit, since Christians are not a nation, and you don't get executed for defiling it, because if you're doing that, you're already not a Christian. But the rule didn't change. We're still supposed to do it. To put it another way, if you're not spending time with the Lord somehow, it may be a stretch to call yourself a Christian. And the chapter ends by saying, He gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. So God's done talking, and it's time to get to work. We see that God is going into great detail, teaching his people how to have a relationship with him. And then in the New Testament, we read Matthew 26, 47 through 68. And Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, when in walks Judas with a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Basically, he brought the cops. And he'd already told them that the one he kisses is Jesus. So he walks up and kisses him, and the cops went to arrest him. And one of the disciples, and it doesn't say who in this gospel, but it was Peter, pulled a sword and cut one of the cops' ears off. But Jesus stops him and says, For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. And that has a couple implications. Number one, he could be saying it's dangerous to resist the civil authority. Or B, these guys, the Jews and Romans, who have taken up swords against the innocent Jesus, they shall perish by the sword, because God will take vengeance on them. Or third, he specifically meant that directly for Peter. Or it could be all of those. Jesus is like, relax, I'm in total control here. This is all going according to plan. And it also doesn't say it in this gospel, but Jesus healed the guy's ear, which is probably the only reason Peter survived the next few minutes. So they took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. And Peter tails him to the palace and stands in the back to watch the show, which is what it was. It was a show trial. It wasn't even legal to hold it at night, but they didn't care. And they went and looked for a bunch of false witnesses, but couldn't find any. And then they finally found two guys who said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. Which he did not say, but whatever. And Jesus gave no defense to any of their charges. Because why would he? He wanted to be found guilty. Plus, that's prophecy. And the high priest is like, Are you the Christ or not? And he's like, Thou hast said, which is basically, You said it, bro, or you better believe it. And hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. And that was all they needed to hear. And they found him guilty. 
Then they spit in his face and beat him and slapped him around and mocked him and made fun of him. But that's as far as we read. Hebrews 12, 2, we're told that Jesus endured all this, thinking nothing of the shame. For the joy set before him, Jesus is the author and the finisher of faith. Then in Psalms, we read Psalm 32, 1-11, and that's a Psalm of David and a Maskell. And a Maskell is a song that teaches a lesson, and this one's on forgiveness. He says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. He says, Before I was forgiven, my bones waxed old, meaning my strength failed, through my roaring, which means cries of anguish, all the day long. But I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. And Selah is some kind of musical notation or instruction that nobody knows for sure what it means, but it's probably extended guitar solo. And then David closes with praise like he always does and we should do. He says, Thou art my hiding place. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice ye righteous and shout for joy all ye that are upright in heart. Sin rages until we face it, until we call it what it is, repent and receive the healing of forgiveness from the hand of God. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 8, 27-32. And wisdom is still talking about how she was the one God used to create everything. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, established the clouds above, strengthened the fountains of the deep, then I was by him, as one brought up with him, like a sister, or maybe like a foster child would be a better way to put it. She says, me and God rejoice together. So maybe you ought to listen when I'm talking, for blessed are they that keep my ways. So walking with wisdom makes God and us happy. And in the Amplified Bible, check out John 17, 13. Jesus prayed that we may experience his joy fully, completely, and perfectly within us, filling our hearts with his delight. And I'm reminded that righteousness, peace, and joy, these things, these mark us as living under God's authority. When things are right, there's peace. When there's peace, there's joy in the Holy Spirit. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 11th is Exodus 32, 1 through 33, 23. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and fashioned it with a graving tool, after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation, and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink, and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them. 
and I will make of thee a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power, and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak, and say, For mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath, and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidst unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. And he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands, and brake them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made, and burnt it in the fire, and ground it to powder, and strawed it upon the water, and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee, that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, then I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp, and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about three thousand men. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord, peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, O, oh, this people have sinned a great sin, and have made them gods of gold. Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Therefore now go, lead the people unto the place of which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, mine angel shall go before thee. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people, because they made the calf which Aaron made. Chapter 33 And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart, and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, 
for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on him his ornaments. For the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, Ye are a stiff-necked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment, and consume thee. Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle, and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that every one which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass, when Moses went out unto the tabernacle, that all the people rose up, and stood every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses, until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended, and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshipped, every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, shew me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known, here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, shew me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will shew mercy on whom I will shew mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. And our reading in the New Testament for February 11th is Matthew 26:69 through 27:14. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by, and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Chapter 27 When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself 
and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, and departed, and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful for to put them into the treasury, because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel, and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. And our reading in Psalms for February 11th is Psalm 33, 1-11. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as an heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. And our reading in Proverbs for February 11th is Proverbs 8, 33-36. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. And that's it for the 11th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Luke 15:20, which says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on how you're never too far from God to come back. Because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, the most beautiful illustration of your redemptive love is the parable of the prodigal son. Even though the son callously took all the father had to give and abandoned his father and brethren for worldly, raucous living, only to end up penniless, wallowing with pigs. When he came back humiliated, not only did his father welcome him, he ran to him while he was yet afar off. Likewise, Father, you love us enough to meet us wherever we are, but too much to leave us there. We praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody that's listening and let this podcast be some kind of help to them. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, 
Best thing you can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. Why does my Bible app keep crashing?